how to calculate denials. So this might actually seem like something that's relatively simple. And for clarification, we don't mean how do you add and subtract and multiply and divide, but really what counts as a denial? How do you figure out what to use, right? In other words, if you're essentially looking at are denials going up or going down, you need to be able to filter out the noise <clears throat> for things that you don't want to pay attention to that might distract you and give you a incorrect perception of what's actually happening. So um, we saw this actually recently where um, a provider was was doing this. Um, and, you know, you can use something like the transaction ID from the clearinghouse, but there's some challenges with that, of course. Um, if you count the number of transaction IDs, that really isn't going to give you a good idea because... One, it may not include any denials. It might just be payments and allowed amounts and other sort of transaction information. Um, or it may be that a single record has a whole bunch of denials in it. Um, you know, five denials for five separate patient encounters in one remittance. So how do you figure out exactly what to use if you're going to be doing this? And not only that, but sort of how do you reverse engineer and check and see whether or not you're actually getting good information if you have something from your clearinghouse or your billing system or something like that that identifies these, right? Um, because most of the time, I think people are looking at this at a transaction level, which is, oh, I got a denial. I got to fix that problem or not. Oh, I don't have to worry about that one. Next. That's at a micro level, okay, because you can see the granularity and you can say, okay, if I get this particular code, then I do this thing. But that doesn't give you the 30,000 foot level picture of are we getting better or are we getting worse, right? If you're adding additional resources or some effort to improve your denials rate, you need to be able to see if this is having any success, if it's getting better or worse or just stagnating, right? So um, one provider that we looked at recently uh, used the patient ID as the unique identifier for the number of denials. <clears throat> and of course, the problem with that was you know, again, we mentioned that some of them might not be denials, um, but more importantly, um, you can actually have multiple denials in a single month for the same patient. And, you know, there's not always a one-to-one, -one. there may be a one-to-many or many-to-one. Um, so you might actually see a situation where, in theory, you could have multiple patient encounters that have denials, where if you use the date received for the denial, you might get two different denials on the same date for two different encounters for the same patient because they were seen twice in a month and the payer batched those denials effectively. Um, and it might seem like you only got one denial then. Or you might see a situation where the claim you received a denial uh, early in the month, somebody did something to resubmit it or modify something or appeal, whatever it might be. And late in the month, you actually got another denial back three or four weeks later. And so you would actually see two different denials for the same claim for the patient, same patient encounter in one month. So there are some real challenges in figuring out how to do this at a granular level. And <clears throat> then you run into some additional nuances like what if a single patient encounter, so one claim has two different denials. And I mean like not just for different line items because you might have three, four, five different line items with five different CPT codes and they all get a denial and those are all the same. Or you might actually find a situation that we see frequently where you actually get two different denials on the same claim, like you might get a CO-18 and a CO-109. Um, and so well, one of those is not covered by the payer and one's a duplicate. Um, 
Is that two denials or one? Now you got two denial codes, right? But effectively the claim got denied once, just got denied for two different reasons. So is that two denials or one? And how are you gonna count that, right? So all of the transactions from a clearinghouse, right, um, can include payments, allowed amounts, and not all of these are denials. So you've gotta be able to filter through and transaction type is the most common way to be able to look at this. Um, so RRC codes. Um, now the challenge is of course that frequently transaction type, if you filter for that works, but occasionally depending upon how the clearinghouse is set up and what the payer sends through, you might actually see that in the transaction type, it doesn't show RRC, so you can't just use those. It actually shows the ANSI X12 remittance code like SEO45 or SEO119 in the transaction type itself, which means you can't just filter for the RRCs. So the other thing you can run into, of course, is that are all remittance codes denial. So in theory, if you said, okay, we're gonna look and assume that all the RRCs are denials, that may or may not be the case, right? And how are you gonna figure that out and count them? Now, some of this is what's the definition of a denial, right? Is a CO45 a denial where the charge exceeds the allowable? Uh, what about a CO253, the sequestration? I'm pretty sure you're not gonna be able to, <laughs> to get out of that one because um, pretty much everybody gets a reduction in payment when the government does that, or at least that should be the case. Um, and you know, there are various opinions on this, but I think what we generally counsel people to do is take a step back and say, what's the purpose of looking at denials, right? Why are you doing denials analysis or denials management? And the goal presumably for everybody should be to identify problems so that you can diagnose and solve those problems to collect more money, right? So if that's the goal, it isn't reporting for the sake of reporting or just seeing what's going up and what's going down. It's really, hey, what can we do differently to make more money? And so what we might suggest is filtering and including in denials things that you can do something about, whether that be in terms of a resubmission or a fixing some problem with a claim or an appeal, or it could be something further up the line related to prevention of the problem. So some is reactive, but some could be proactive where, you know, it's not possible to solve the problem after the fact once you've submitted it. Um, or let's say, for example, you get a timely filing limit denial. You're probably unlikely to be able to overturn that unless you've got some really good documentation that shows you did actually submit it before the timely filing limit. But again, if you miss that, then you're not going to be able to overcome that. But you should be able to prevent that in the future. So you want to track those and see those and put in place some process to prevent it. So sequestration obviously is not going to fall into that category. Contractual adjustments are not going to fall into that category. But if you have a diagnosis that doesn't support a procedure code like a CO11, and you go back into the record, uh, the medical records, and you can't find an additional diagnosis, whether it's documented or you can look through the note and try to come up with a diagnosis code from the documentation, even if you can't do all those things, <clears throat> you should still be able to prevent that problem, even if it means that you have to go even further upstream to how do you get physicians to document better so that they include more information that allows you to get more claims paid, or even if you go even further upstream that includes counseling physicians on what to order or what type of clinical care they should be providing 
in order to ensure you're not providing unreimbursable care, right? Now that's really far upstream and you may find resistance on the clinical side to doing some of those kind of things. And again, this sort of depends on your organization, all those things, but that is preventable. So you do want to track those kind of things. So anything that falls into the category of you should be able to solve it and get it paid or prevent it so that those claims get paid, so you don't do unreimbursed care, those should count as denials. And decide on what that list of codes is for denials as an organization and make that documentation available to everybody and you can modify it over time. But use that to filter, say, okay, these are the ones we're going to track and we're going to see whether it gets better or worse. And then we're going to put some resources towards it to consistently improve it and reduce denials.